Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week, Jordan Jesse Go travels abroad and meets a strange man in a Bangkok bar. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, I'm not going to bullshit you. In the past, I've told you that I was very excited about our guests. Mm-hmm. And it was probably a lie. I mean, it may, a half truth at least. Uh, uh, yeah, half truth. Or at the most, I guess. I should at say. most, at best, a half truth. Mm-hmm. In in many cases, a full on lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, as you know, Jordan, I'm the kind of guy who hates to lie. Yeah, I, I can. I mean, I can see it on your face when you're saying how excited you are. I see the I see the grimace. Right. And the guest might not pick up on it because he probably just thinks you're pooping. But I, as your longtime friend, I, I, I see the pain on your face. And I mean, the thing is, is if you're a guest and you've been in here, let's say you've been on one time before and I pooped. Mm-hmm. Um, it's reasonable to, you know, it's understandable that they would assume the next time that if they saw me making a poopy face that I was pooping. Sure. Um, and I, so I don't blame the guests for that. You've always got that to use as cover. Right. Because exactly. Because you're a known pooper. Right, and I've usually got poop in my poopy pants. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're die-die. <laughs> um, uh, but this time around, I don't have to lie. No. I'm very excited to have this week's <laughs> guest on the show. Uh, we're talking about a guy who folks know from uh, regular appearances on a little television show called Reno 911. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about a guy who uh, folks might know from tomorrow. I'm sure they wouldn't uh, want you calling it that. Reno nine sure eleven. I'm sure the producers of that particular show probably want you to call it Reno nine one one. Probably want you to say all the numbers. It's easier to say Reno nine eleven. It's a shortcut. Yeah, it's I, like there's calling, always that association. It's calling. It's like calling uh, Independence Day uh, ID four. Yeah, but people, I, they probably just don't want you to associate the show with seven eleven. Right. I mean, but it's, that's also just a shortcut. It's like a great way to get. A refreshment without having to fuck around with a whole line in a whole grocery store. Well, anyway, <laughs> let's we're you know we're 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 diverging too much, but I'm just saying if we have to refer to that particular show again, I would just say all the numbers. Okay, fine. Uh, uh, we're talking about a guy who's been a regular on R E N O nine one one. Yes, thank you, uh, Mr. Hal Rudnick. Hal, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Well, uh, thanks for having me, uh, Jordan Jesse. And um, if you are excited, that's uh, wonderful. If you are pooping, um, I can uh, relate to that. But um, I am genuinely excited because not only uh, am I a guest, I'm a listener to the show, and I feel like today I've won a listener's contest <laughs> of some sort. I'm not. I'm not sure what it was. I'm not yeah. sure what I had to come up with. Uh, what, uh, bad what, news. What... It's win a date with Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Guess what we're doing? ATVs. <laughs> ATVs Woo! in the desert. Then it's hot tub time. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. And somebody forgot his swimsuit. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, and somebody's thumb wants to go in a butt. <laughs> you know, 
It's I, mine. How, 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 rare, how rare is it, Jordan, <laughs> that somebody comes on our show that's not just, is, that is not just a listener, but, uh, but has even heard the show before? I get the feeling that a lot of the guests who come in to be on Jordan, Jesse Go, and they're wonderful people, many of them are personal friends, um, think they're showing up to like the set of a commercial for Crest or something. Like That's the level of understanding of, of what's going on here that they have. Yeah. I remember Scott Ackerman, when he came in, brought a bunch of swords. Yeah. I'm like, what do you think's going to happen, dude? Yeah, he thought, it was, he thought it was a meeting of one of those uh, like old-timey clubs. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Where a, the, a, an anachronistic society. You know where the nerds put on, they put on their... Renaissance fair? Yeah, they, there you go. Well, I'm thinking about the kind where they put on the outfits from that, uh-huh. but instead of going to a Renaissance fair where people have signed up for it, they meet uh, in someone's den. N- no, oh, they not, like fight in a park. This is oh. where they. If this is in my one, they walk around the college campus and are like, "Yeah, we're freaking out the normals." Oh yeah, okay. That's the one I'm talking about. And I didn't. I don't mean to pick on you, Hal, because oh, you no. came in the Renaissance garb. It's the last <laughs> thing that I would mean to. It's part of our date, Jesse. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> And believe me, I, I'm used to uh, slings and arrows, and they do not affect me before I have my shield. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't know that uh, in addition to a podcast and a public radio show um, and a blog, MaximumFun.org is also working on a new dating show. Mm-hmm. Um, all the dates are going to be with you, Jordan. Sure. Uh, they're all going to be historically anachronistic somehow, and right. uh, only with men. Yeah. <laughs> And it's going to be from MaximumFuck.org. <laughs> yes! Dot, and the org stands for orgasm. Originally, nice. it was called Greek Date. Yeah. Um, or Greco-Roman Dating was one that we used for a little while. Mm-hmm. Grapple Date. Um, and I beat that, and I built that whole... <laughs> Grapple Date. <laughs> we... We realized that Welch's had the copyright on Grapple Day. It really is a delicious it's juice. It's a juice with grapples, dates. Yeah. Grapple is a grape-apple combo. Yes. There's absolutely nothing like date juice. Uh, no. Uh, surprise. It's actually the, gra- the grapple, uh, not a apple-grappling hook combination. <laughs> but um, date- Imagine my disappointment when, when you I bought I a 12-pack. Yeah. <laughs> Date juice, also the combined fluids of the daters. <laughs> Wait, this is just an empty bottle. Uh, you have to fill it up with your date juice. Okay, well, I think uh, I think what's important to remember about this segment on Jordan Jesse Go is how excited we are to have the great Hal Rudnick here. Um, how excited we are to be entertaining you, um, and uh, the fact that I uh, mess my pants mm-hmm. um, on a regular basis, right? As a rule. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. We'll be back in just a second with more. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, look at that guy over there. Look at that handsome young man. Is that Hal Rudnick, Jordan? Uh, if I I don't have a crazy disease, so it must be. The hilarious comic actor, Hal Rudnick? Yes. Thank you, Jesse. Oh, you flatter me. Do you, you get, you know, as a listener, you know you get to pick a nickname. Yes. Um... 
I, I was thinking since uh, since I am a listener, a uh, first time, uh, long time, uh, <laughs> or maybe first time, long time. Yeah. Or I was also thinking. Um, this how... is the first time you've listened to the show for a long time. That's what you're yes, saying. Yes, the show has been around uh, far too long at this point. And, and this is uh, the this first, is first time, time you've heard it. Yes. Uh, or I was thinking uh, Hal Rudnick contest winner. Mm. I like first time, long time. I like first time, long time. It's punchier. Yeah. Okay. It's got a little verve. Yeah. A little, a little go to town. It, it's a, it's a classic radio phrase. Jordan, I have to admit something. Yes. Um. Uh. You got, you got held up maybe a little bit at the office or something like that, and yeah. and Hal and I were sitting here. I was a little late. I, I met Hal at the door, and I made a classic faux pas. Oh Just boy. the absolute, oh the boy. classic faux pas when a guest comes over wearing a Montreal Expos t-shirt. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I can, shoved him down. I confused. I briefly confused. I was trying to think of Darren Fletcher's name, mm. and all I could come up with was Darren Dalton. Power hitting catcher for the Phillies. Now mm. I'm talking about a high average hitting catcher for the Montreal Expos, mm-hmm. Darren Fletcher. Now, sure, they're both left-handed hitting catchers, an unusual and valuable commodity. Yes. Um, but they had very different skill yeah. sets. I made the same mistake the other day. I called a bird a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly where you're coming from. Exactly. That was embarrassing for you and the bird, especially. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Darren Dalton had uh, quite a photo spread in uh, the SI Swimsuit Issue with his wife, who was um, a Hooters model and possibly a Playboy Playmate. Mm. There you go. This is, this is the kind of knowledge that you can only get from a first-time, long-time Hal Rudnick. You he, know uh, what I mean? Darren Dalton played with uh, Nails. Lenny sure, Dykstra, Lenny Dykstra, who, who became later, a very successful businessman, and then shortly thereafter threw declared it all away. bankruptcy. I read that. Did you read? I read this amazing article. This guy Lenny Dykstra, Jordan, for yes, your benefit, sure. was a nails, ce- uh, nails because Dykstra, of his physique, a center fielder. Uh, what, is that, what is that in reference? Because he's because he was tough as nails. Because oh, okay. he could gotcha, hammer gotcha, nails gotcha. with his boner. Oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he was known for having two things: for having a very well cut physique and having a very heavy boner. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. <laughs> Used in lieu of common household tools. Yeah. And, and not just... And then he could pry out the nails with his balls. Yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he had a kind of a type of balls. Yeah. Um, kind of a claw. Balls. A clawed ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so Lenny Dykstra played center field for the Philadelphia Phillies in the, in the early <laughs> 90s when the Phillies were a good ball club. And the Phillies were kind of the classic, like... Uh, uh, when they call a baseball player um, has when they say a baseball player has a lot of hustle, mm-hmm. um, they mean that he's not very good and he's white. Um, and uh, the Philadelphia Phillies were a whole team of like hustle guys. They yeah. were like big hustle guys, and uh, like some fat white guys with goatees and mullets, well, and some the, you know the what crucker. I mean. Yeah, John Cruck, very fat. Yes. Darren Dalton, not a slim man. Uh-huh, uh-uh. um, and so, like, you know, it's just a collection of fat, slobby white guys um, that the media loved because they were white. Um, that's a good way to tell if somebody that the media is going to love a baseball player. Are they white? Um, if they are, they probably will. <laughs> and um, and so Lenny Dykstra was was called nails because he was so tough. Tough as nails, he'd oh, run yeah. into walls. Put and his stuff. body on the line, day in, day out. Always got his uniform dirty. Never struck, <laughs> and never struck me certainly as a smart man. No, I would say that none of the Philadelphia Phillies struck me as smart. Um, 
you possibly would not the ex- confuse them. With the possible exception of well-known prankster late-inning reliever Larry Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Mitch Wild Thing Williams? No. Not, not a bright man. Are you saying that it takes, it takes brains to pull a good prank? Yeah, I, well, you know, I mean, uh, in baseball, I think a, a oh. good prank is a, is a hot foot, which is just lighting someone's shoe on fire. Sure. Or um, the shaving cream pie in the face while, while you're doing an camera. interview. Right, those are the two Never classic baseball pranks. But Lenny Dykstra then opened a chain of car washes Yes. Um, in Southern California. He moved to Southern California after his playing days were numbered because uh, he'd run into too many walls head first. And, uh, and I read this New Yorker article about him. And the basic, his basic thing that he said, like his business philosophy, this article was about what a great businessman he was. And his business philosophy was, well, people love cars in Southern California. So he opened a bunch of car washes, uh, did very well, sold the car washes, and then started a magazine. This was what the New Yorker article was about, a magazine for athletes, a lifestyle magazine for professional athletes. Now, here's my concerns with this plan, and it didn't turn out well for uh, Nails, but here are some concerns going in. Number one, there are, what, five or 600 Major League Baseball players... There's about 300 professional basketball players. Um, there's more football players, maybe yeah. 1,000, mm-hmm. 1,200. Give or take. Um, maybe there's a, another, I don't know how many people are on a hockey team, but uh, I'm going to guess that maybe there's another 500 professional hockey players. Sure. So you're looking at uh, roughly 2,500 uh, professional athletes in the United States in the major organized sports. You, maybe you can get rich if you're another, maybe maybe there's a hundred other athletes who do well from being a professional athlete in the United States, like your Lance of, Armstrongs. Um, your uh, Shamiqua Holdsclaw, your Lisa sure. Leslie. Wait, but I mean... NBA players. I mean, but you don't have to be a professional athlete. I mean, this was just, I mean, you don't have to live in a penthouse to read penthouse. <laughs> if you do, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Jesse, a lot of penthouses in my apartment. What if I'm an avid sports fan? Okay. And um, I have uh, some uh, liquid assets, and I want to learn how to live like my favorite players live. Mm -hmm. The premise of this magazine was that professional athletes don't know what to do with themselves or their money. So if you have (laughs) money and have gotten it through, there are many ways to get money here in the United States. Sure. Um, most of them involve... You could be an astronaut, a doctor, a Knowing lawyer, something about business mm-hmm. or being responsible. Yes. Um, that they're giant children. Even if, you in, <laughs> even if you inherit money, even if you inherit your money, one would presume that you grew up in a culture of money uh, with parents or grandparents who had a lot of money and knew how to manage your money, so you're not just going to go crazy with it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So the only category of person, I think, that has the qualifications for this that's not a professional athlete is maybe going to be a lottery winner? Like, is, <laughs> are there other groups of people who have a huge amount of money and thus want to read about boats? Um, so there's and a lot in this magazine, a lot of... A lot of yacht talk, a lot of like. I remember there a was lot a, of like how to buy an island. I remember that um, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Rafael Palmero, uh, the former first baseman for among others the Baltimore Orioles and Viagra spokesman and uh, the famous Vi- noted Viagra spokesman and steroid user, yes, um, was going to write a personal finance column. <laughs> 
And, you know, sure, there are some questionable personal finance gurus in the United States, but I would not give my money to Rafael Palmero. No. Not in a hundred trillion bajillion years. The man lied to Congress. Yeah. <laughs> it's so... He, he didn't just lie. He waggled his finger at congressmen <laughs> yeah. as he lied. And so the question, the question instantly becomes... Like his plan was to make a magazine for three, a group of three thousand people. If you include Shamiqua Holskla, you include the lottery winners. You throw in a few people who found a treasure map. Ex golfer Lee Trevino. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can you can put in Chichi Rodriguez for all I care. Okay. Um, you're getting you got a target audience of three thousand people. Now, how many of these people are going to subscribe to the magazine? Let's say you've got really effective marketing. Oh, uh, Fuzzy Zeller. <laughs> Thank you. The, the racist he Fuzzy Zeller. Racist <laughs> yeah, he, he um, asked if Tiger Woods was going to serve fried chicken as his. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's like a playful racism, though. Yeah. That's like a fun racism. Yeah. yeah. It's like Big Brother. Not, right. Exactly. I think. I think that it's was like a... giving your little African American brother a noogie, <laughs> sending him on his way with a licorice whip, rookie hazing. Mm-hmm. A li- you mean like a licorice whip across the back <laughs> for not working in the licorice fields? It's a shame that you guys aren't racists because you, it could, be bringing, oh. you could really be bringing you could you could be forging new frontiers in the world of racism. I would be a doozy of a racist. We put the fun back into racism. <laughs> I was trying um, to think of a word that's in racism. Like, I know, so you was know, I. You know how they always say that Birth of a Nation was like so was a revolutionary film, and so it's like so important you watch it in film class because it was so important, even though it's about the protagonists are the Ku, Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, Klan-ed. even though it's one of the most horrific films ever made. Yeah, you guys would be making similar innovations in whatever medium you chose to express your racism. Just like when we were talking about whipping. Other people might whip with a whip. You're talking about whipping with a licorice whip. Yeah. Or maybe you take it one step further and whip with an orange whip. <laughs> what, by dumping it on someone? The orange whip is a drink, right? Yeah. <laughs> that would just be messy. If you put it on somebody, it'd be real cold and sticky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing out ideas. All I'm saying is Nils Dijkstra did not seem to have a good a good effective plan going in for somebody that had a New Yorker article written about what a brilliant businessman they were. There were only a few thousand people in his target audience, but you neglect to mention that he was going to be charging $2,500 per (laughs) issue. Right. I mean, sure, the Excel spreadsheet worked out. And I think when Tad Friend or whoever it was from the New Yorker went down to Nails' house and looked over his shoulder at the computer, you know, in between hands of party poker and, uh, you know, day trades Mm -hmm. and saw the spreadsheet. He just didn't notice that in the sell for issue price, even though it said we'll only sell a thousand issues because it will sell to one third of our target audience, which seemed ambitious, but Mm -hmm. achievable. And and he didn't notice that the sell underneath said $2,500 per issue. Yes. Um, And the other thing is Palmero doesn't work cheap. No. If we know anything about yeah. Rafael Palmero in the big money contract he signed with the Baltimore Orioles in their uh, free spending owner Peter Angelos, <laughs> um, we know that Palmero doesn't work cheap. Can I rapidly switch topics? Was that, would that be rude of me to rapidly switch topics? No, we've upset you for long enough. No, oh, but I, I also wanted to mention yeah. that I've met Walt Weiss. 
<laughs> Have you met Mike Gallego? I haven't met Mike Gallego. Oh, that's a great Keystone combo, though. You got to oh, admit. Oh yeah, they they could turn quite a double play. Anyway, Jordan. Yes. Uh, Hal, are you drinking a Pepsi Max? Um, <laughs> I am drinking a Pepsi Max. Okay, uh, I've seen the billboards. Yes. Uh, tagline: The Diet Cola for Men. True. Uh, what the fuck is going on with that? Um, just uh, trying to increase my testosterone, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, I was out of town for a while, and there, I, there were a lot of Pepsi Maxes uh, at my disposal when I was I was in Connecticut uh, working on something, and uh, I started to get a taste for it, and so much so that I started thinking about it uh, more and more, and yeah. I realized that Pepsi Max has twice the caffeine of a regular Pepsi or Diet Pepsi, and it also has an infusion of ginseng in it. Oh. And oh. It, it gives me just... Such a, a such delightful a, a jitters. Zi- such a How? delightful jitters. A zing uh, puts a skip in my step. Tell me if this is gross, but can I taste your Pepsi Max? You can taste my Pepsi Max. Okay, I want to taste it. I've never yeah. tasted a Pepsi wait, wait, Max. So the so so the the it it's so the reason that it's for men is that I don't it has like all the these... fact that it's like we're for men. I'm not a huge yeah, yeah. like you're uh, no sexist. Hey, yeah, d- drink a pit bull or a yeah. kind of guy, but. uh I don't know. It just gives me a zing. But I, I'm afraid of you. Have auditioned for Mansers. Yes, but I've been on Mansers. Oh, really? On yeah, I, I did some uh, unfortunate things on Mansers. You do have Axe body spray, um, Axe underarm deodorant. You, you can smell it from Axe there. Shampoo. I saw a commercial on TV yesterday where a guy put used Axe shampoo. And then a pig jumped off a ledge and hit him. And then all these, <laughs> funny. then all these like bikini chicks started touching his hair. Jesse, if you're going to describe it, get it right. First, the pig finds him. Then he uses the axe shampoo. Then the yeah. chick, like you have to get that timeline correct because the pig the is not attracted to the pig? axe. Yes. Um, if you were watching close enough, you'd notice that the blonde woman in the commercial said to the pig, find me a dirty boy. Oh. <laughs> You're an expert on this commercial. Um, now, I'm no... I want to know. Sorry. I feel like Axe, Axe body products are ascendant in the marketplace. Like, this must be a success because the line has expanded dramatically. Yeah. And I see tons of commercials for this stuff. And it's hard to find. This is a, you know, a category, a product category where... You know, typically consumer preferences are well established. You know, you just use whatever you already use. You know what I mean? I, so I, this I, must I still, be working. I still, use, I still use the brand of deodorant that, like, my mom bought me on my 12th birthday. Secret. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Secret. A lady's secret. <laughs> uh, a Mitchum. I still buy a Mitchum roll-on. Oh, Mitchum seems like such a – Mitchum is like the Pepsi Max of deodorants. No, no. It's 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 like the ginger ale of deodorants. No, it's mi- unscented. It's kind of in a classy Oh, bottle. sure, sure. It is, it is classy. It looks uh, you know, streamlined, nice, green, no yeah. bells and whistles. But their uh, ad campaign is to dudes. Is it? I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. I feel like Mitchum is... And it's is... a guy shooting a machine gun full of Mitchums? Yeah, uh, <laughs> into his dick. I feel like <laughs> Mitchum... dick. 
<laughs> just eradicating his own dick <laughs> by Mitchum. firing Mitchum missiles at it. I feel like Mitchum is the choice of uh, the man whose uh, face is blooming from drinking too much. <laughs> well, yes. when I with gin blossoms. When, when I think of Mitchum, I, I think of a, of a strong man with a maybe a, a barrel chest and his pants hiked high. I think of Robert Mitchum, right? Mm. The, the manly actor who was um, busted for marijuana in the 1950s because right. uh, they didn't care for grasshoppers back then and um you cannot help but th- uh, for me robert mitchum so i did have an affinity for mitchum uh but i go with my uh right guard aqua sport <laughs> because it has those um those uh, little uh um uh flavor pellets that push up through the top of it so if you, you want to lick dial. it it's yeah. not gonna be gross i use an i use an arm and hammer brand underarm deodorant i think just powdered baking soda thinking about it right now uh, I think it's just because it reminds me of cookies, you yeah, know, yeah. like Isn't rubbing cookies nice? on yourself. It's like rubbing cookies under my arms. No, I know, which uh, is something I'd do anyway. Uh-huh. Here's something I've noticed in the male hygiene product realm, um, and I want to preface this by saying I'm not, I'm not a fancy guy like Jesse. Like I'll buy a bargain basement product. Yeah, you know. Uh, I look. You're, you're I look. Not, I look say, a little dumpy. I'll add something to that sure. as, as well. Please and this do. is with all the respect that is due you after many years of uh, high quality friendship. Mm-hmm. In addition to not being fancy, you're also somewhat of a miser. Sure, absolutely. Uh, there's do you, a product. Do you hoard your money? I do. I'm. 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 I'm notoriously very cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do the same thing. I try to build a wall of money around myself. <laughs> good. Good. Uh, and. Um, but there's a product that is now shampoo, conditioner, and body wash in one. And it's always kind of oh. for men. It's never in the ladies' hygiene aisle. It's just a a gel that you dump on yourself in the shower. <laughs> it's just an all-purpose ge- cleaning gel that you're just supposed to slather all over yourself. To me, that seems wrong. I mean, I don't have a lot of bathroom products. I mean, it's I have... also, what's good about it, though, is it's also a de-louser. Right, yeah. <laughs> From the people who brought you rid. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's also got a few matches taped to it in case you need to burn off some ticks. Are the minds of America's 20-year-old men so malleable that the Axe's advertisements work? That people buy that and think like, it's my one. It's the one that gets the ladies to throw the pig at you. And you're like, you're like, now I'm I'm no idiot. I don't believe everything I see on TV. Now I know that when I spray this on myself, I'm not going to get trampled by a you know uh, 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 a vicious horde of horny women. But I'll probably get laid when I go out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no I, dummy. I, but I, when I go to hula hands. I think it might just be the much more basic thing. Like, you think of cologne. Uh, cologne is when you want to spruce up when you want to dress up and do something yeah, yeah. a little bit special. But the, the body spray, it's just a stink masker. And, like, yeah, you yeah. Know, guys, <laughs> like, need to mask their stink. So they put this, this wall of spray on themselves. And, like, oh, I stink. Now I can cover it up. Thanks, Axe. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, it's, it's amazing. It's truly amazing to me. Anyway, we have so much more stuff to talk about on Jordan Jesse Go. We'll take a quick break and be right back with myself, Jordan Morris, and the great Hal Rudnick.
It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hal Rudnick, first time, long time. Oh, that's nice, right? Mm-hmm. It's got a, it's got a nice jazzy rhythm. I might go down as one of the fave nicknames of all time. That's an all timer, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. It's no Kevin Sprinkles Pereira, but it'll do. But on the other hand, Hal didn't bring donuts. Yeah. So that's his own fault. You, you, oh, you guys had, I wish I remembered it, you guys had one a, a couple months back that just really popped and you just could not stop gushing over it. Was it, uh, Kurt Anderson had a good one. It was like... Explodo. Oh yeah, Explodo, <laughs> yeah. That was like, good. I remember when Ackerman was on, you were uh, just uh, talking about Explodo, Explodo. Oh, man, Kurt Anderson's really cool. I, uh, I, Twittered, uh, I Twittered with Kurt Anderson the other day. He Twittered something about how he got invited to the White House. He and his wife got invited to the White House. Wow. For a, KA moving up. I know. Well, he's that guy's a that guy's a pretty serious class act. Like, no, hey, this no. is that kind of shit goes. I feel like that kind of shit goes down for our boy Kurt Anderson. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, Kurt Anderson got invited for like a design, oh, the annual White House Design Awards or okay. something like that. Ooh. And he twittered uh, that he had just um, uh, that he had just uh, been his back had just been brushed by Michelle Obama. Um, but she was just looking for her chair, as it turned out. Um, and I, of course, twittered back to him, bone zone. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and he loved it because he's a class act. He knows what's going on. He knows what the fuck is important in the world. Sure. That's looking for opportunities to use the phrase bone zone. Right. And what better opportunity than our first lady? Yeah. The, the foxy Michelle Obama. She's a, she's a lovely woman. Absolutely. She's a beautiful woman. Um, okay, look, Jordan and I are headed out on the road. Mm-hmm. I'm, of course, I'm going to Mexico. Uh, I'm, first, I'm going to go to Puerto Vallarta. Sure. Then I'm going to go to uh, what a listener once described as the Mexican state of Oaxaca. Oaxaca. Is this on your cruise? Uh, no, this, oh. will, this will not be on a cruise. Um, on my cruise, I just go to uh, various wooded areas in New York's Central Park. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm Good. going. I'm going out Good. of town. Uh, these guys, uh, Jordan, you're going to be you're going to be hosting the show for a couple weeks while I'm out of town. Yeah, uh, you're going to have John, the intern, here helping out. Mm-hmm. Then you and I, and our pals Merlin, Scott, and Adam are going on tour with the Monsters of Podcasting. Yes, I feel like this needs to be formally a announced. Stop tour. Hey, this is a uh, east. We're covering the entire East Coast, mm-hmm. uh, both Philadelphia and New York. Um, September, let's see. September eighteenth and nineteenth is New York. Eighteenth yeah. is the Sound of Young America. Nineteenth is Monsters of Podcasting. I'm doing the Sound of Young America at WNYC. We're doing Monsters of Podcasting at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, which you might have heard of. Um, and that uh, Wednesday and Thursday, we're in Philadelphia uh, at the Adrian Theater. Wednesday's the Sound of Young America. Thursday, the Monsters of Podcasting. This is going to be epic, Jordan. Yeah. This is going to be spectacular. Do you think they like us in Philadelphia? No, I do not think they <laughs> like us in Philadelphia. I do not think. You know why? Because we keep making fun of nails. Lenny Dykstra. Yeah, right. You know what? Now. If I could get Darren Dalton on the Monsters of Podcasting, Monsters of Podcasting with special guest Darren Dalton, or how about this? Monsters of Podcasting special guest Randall Cunningham. Former Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, Randall Cunningham. You know, uh, former Philadelphia Philly Doug Glanville was a guest on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me over the weekend. You know, and uh, uh, and I heard that he was great. 
He was great. Uh, they he said, yeah, about, he's a great. It's a column for the Times now, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, writes a column about uh, sports for the Times, and uh, he's uh, has an engineering degree, and they uh, touted him as being a, a very bright athlete. Whereas, Where does Doug Glanville live? Where's a Doug Glanville coming I from? I believe he lives in Chicago now. Okay. Yeah. Chicago, Illinois' own Doug Glanville. Of course, he played, he played uh, for the Chicago Cubs, which is because, how he probably and, ended up in Chicago. Right, and uh, Phillies, among others. <laughs> So I guess the moral of this story is buy your tickets now. If you go to MaximumFun.org, everything except for uh, both of the Philadelphia shows are on sale now. And by the time you hear this, maybe uh, the New York shows will be on sale. But keep your eyes on MaximumFun.org and on my Twitter and stuff like that. We are also going to have a really sweet poster. Um, Mm. So if you're in New York or Philadelphia, what we're going to do is sell the poster in advance um, and you can pick it up at the show. It is really cool. I just got the art for it in my email. It is really, really cool. And, uh, yeah, and we'll be selling it at the show, of course, but we'd rather you get it ahead of time. Um, I think it's going to be really neat. Yes. That's, that's how we're paying our bills, by the way. Upright Citizens Brigade Theater does not pay. No. You no. will be paying them, uh, and they will be keeping that money. Yes. Um, the, keeping it. Hal and I know. We are, we are regular performers at the Upright Citizens Brigade here in Los Angeles. Uh, great theater. Well, great operation. Always uh, the best crowd in comedy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're not getting any money. Either. Not getting any money at all. But uh, maybe if you're selling a poster. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. See what I'm saying? Maybe if you're selling a poster, people will pay the totally reasonable price for the poster, get their poster, and, you know, then we're cooking, right? Yeah. We're cooking. I got cool guests coming up on, uh, for The Sound of Young America. Uh, Philadelphia, of course, you're looking at the Spinto Band. I mean, come on, Spinto Band? What's that? How do you not buy a ticket to Spinto Band? You have to see Spinto Band. Okay. This is Philadelphia's most famous band, okay? Except Ah. for Dr. Dog. Dr. Dog are going to be on tour. Um, uh, The second most famous band in Philadelphia, Spinto Band. In the the history of the great city of Philadelphia? They're actually from Delaware. Well, it depends (laughs) on whether you count, whether you include singing groups. Because if you include singing groups, well, all of a sudden you've got boys to men. You've got the OJs. Um, if you include, DeVoe. if you're talking about instrumental groups, well, look at this. All of a sudden, you've got MFSB with their hit sound, <laughs> uh, "The Sound of Philadelphia." You know what I mean? Do 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 Anytime I talk about sports or black people, Jordan tunes out. Uh, you're making me sound like a chubby racist. <laughs> <laughs> Which I am. Hal, you, you just got back from the road, didn't you? Were you, were you abroad recently? Yeah, um, not too long ago, uh, I was in Thailand uh, shooting uh, a major motion picture. A major motion picture in Thailand? Yes. Was it Bangkok 13 starring Nicolas Cage? <laughs> it was. I, I paid. I played Nicolas Cage's little sidekick, Poo Poo. <laughs> <laughs> you drove oh, right this way, Mr. Cage. <laughs> <laughs> you drove his tuk tuk. Yes. <laughs> oh, tuk tuks were uh, in abundance over there. Or scooter taxi. But yeah, not not as popular as uh, scooters and mopeds. Mopeds were everywhere. Mm. Um, they are the 
prevalent form of transportation over there. And so much so you'd see entire families on a moped, mother, father, and child riding on the handlebars of this oh, moped. Oh, that sounds dangerous. I yep. rode, I, I was in uh, Thailand for all of like 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I was visiting like um, my dad does development work and he had these, his friend there, Father Joe. So I was supposed to visit Father Joe basically during a plane layover. And uh, I went to see Father Joe, but Father Joe was in a meeting. So Father Joe's assistant put me on a, on a scooter with a man. He just put me on this scooter. He's like, okay, get on this scooter, and the man will take you somewhere. Does Father Joe run a mission in uh, Yeah, he in does. Thailand? He does run a mission in Thailand. and um, S- Saving many lost Thai souls? Uh, well, he, he actually, um, uh, he, he's not a... He's not From a, the scourge of Buddhism. He's not an, ev- <laughs> he's not an evangelical. He's, he's not okay. running an evangelical. He's running a service mission. Oh, um, lovely. Uh, saving uh, uh, orphan children's lives. Um, real class act, Father Joe. Making nice. sure no one puts them on a scooter. Yeah, very dirty sense With- of humor, too, which is great, uh, it, which is a great quality in a priest. I think. Um, but Fa- Father Joe just put me on this scooter. It was t- terrifying. This man is just there. And I'm like, I'm like, can I grab the guy? Because I'm scared. Yeah. And there's that little like bar that you can grab behind you. Yep. But I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but like when you're in an uncomfortable situation, you tend to cross things in front of you, uh-huh. right? That makes you feel better. Like just going into the fetal position is essentially like the ultimate form of crossing your arms and legs in front of you. You see what I'm saying? And putting your arms behind you is the opposite of that. It's basically just like saying, hey, motorcycle accident, kick me in the balls. Take, <laughs> take me, world. My time is up. And I couldn't do it. So I just, I, I don't care if it's uh, appropriate or inappropriate. I just grabbed onto this man like I was a motorcycle mama and he was my daddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, or uh, as... Uh... I worked with this security guard once, and uh, he was talking about this big motorcycle ride that he took, and this woman that he took with him on the ride, and he was talking about her, and he said, yeah, I had one hell of a back warmer. Uh. <laughs> so that's probably what your driver was, I was thinking. Some, I was some fella's back warmer. God, yeah. that's scary. Okay, so you were riding around on uh, a tuk-tuk. Well, I mean, your yeah. oh, uh, I specifically went... was his back warmer. Yes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> His butt warmer. I uh, you know, I, I took I'm sort a harrowing. Of like, in in a certain way, I'm sort of like uh, I, I'm sort of a living a parallel life to Lenny Dykstra. He's known for the weight of his dick. I'm known for the warmth of my <laughs> sure, dick. Sure, exactly. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. It's um, like you you just you twist it. It's like a hot cold pack. Yeah, sure. You, you, <laughs> Actually, you release the uh, you release the chemical. Yeah, it's great for hiking. Mm-hmm. Fantastic for hiking. And um, your jizz is the same chemical compound as icy hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I took uh, a harrowing uh, motorcycle or moped ride through the streets of Bangkok, uh, which, you know, dodging in and out of cars. And then once you hit a straightaway, the picking up speed, it was really like I was in a video game or it was an amusement park ride. And it was amazing yet frightening and yeah, exact same experience. Helmet? You wearing a helmet in this? Yes, wearing a helmet. Okay. I was not wearing a helmet. Ah, I all I could think about was my brain splattered on a Thai street as he like wove <laughs> between chickens in downtown Bangkok. And then uh, I I go to a uh, uh, well I don't want to I don't want to derail the uh, the moped. Uh, not story at all. I could talk mopeds all day. <laughs> uh, I I go to a um, Vespas. I go to a Thai restaurant here, and they have you know kind of all the uh, you know kind of standard Thai stuff. Uh, Toward the front of the menu, and then we're talking about tuk tuks. We're talking about sure blood sport. The movie Blood Sport took right. place Foot there. Massages. That's on the menu. Right. Go ahead. Uh, then they have a page at the back called Adventurous, 
uh, where it's uh, a lot of frog-based dishes, mm-hmm. um, lots of stuff with the head still on. Uh, Serpent's uh, head soup. Sure, yeah. What is uh, a, a, a Thai cooking here versus Thai cooking there? Um, it's it's fairly similar. I was not that adventurous when it, uh, when it came to trying stuff. I like spicy, though, and I tried some very, very spicy uh, chicken dishes. Although on, it was a children's action-adventure movie I was on, and there was uh, a family there. The and, Spy Kids situation? This yeah, kind of like a Spy Kids in a Jungle. It was called The Lost Medallion, and we were, I was a villain chasing these children looking for that damn medallion in the jungle ah. and trying to uh, molest those – no, trying to catch those <laughs> – uh, kids and um, were you pied at all? Were you ever pied in this process? Just pie eyed when I arrived to set after a night of carousing. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, nice. But there was uh, one family there, and um, the mother would only let the kids eat like peanut butter and white bread. Mm. And we had like we had delicious, uh, just culinary delights served to us on set every day she wouldn't touch any of it there were, and there was also there was an american side where we could get lunch or a thai side always going to the american side and getting french fries fried chicken or bringing the peanut butter sandwiches from her hotel room and i thought they were the epitome of the ugly american you know what's... then i went out and got drunk and made fun of them <laughs> <laughs> you know what's their faces you know what surprised me about a bangkok thailand because i i went the, my only time in southeast asia i was mostly in laos mm-hmm. uh but uh uh, and I was working mostly, but but that 12 hours in Bangkok, Thailand, the thing that I was impressed by, I guess maybe just because Laos is obviously a communist nation, yep. and um, so it's just not very developed or dense or anything. And uh, I, you get to Bangkok, I was shocked at how many Kentucky Fried Chickens there were. This is an entire city of Kentucky Fried Chickens. In the entire country of Thailand... There are far more 7-Elevens than there are in the United States, and they just refer to it as 7. Are you going to 7? Because the number 7 is prominent, and 11 is spelled out, mm. so they don't uh, maybe necessarily read the English. But if you uh, ask a, a, tuk, a tuk-tuk driver... It's called 7-other thing. 7-other thing. <laughs> Was Thailand enjoyable? Was it a good experience? It, it was. Uh, some of the uh, best food I, I've ever eaten. I, and uh, did you eat like a? Did you eat like a? When I was in Laos, a big thing they eat there, like the national dish of Laos, is something you can often get in like a Thailand or a Thai restaurant. Is uh, in, in Laos, it's it's usually uh, anglicized as LARP or mm. LARP. Mm-hmm. Um, like it depends on what kind of restaurant you go into, how they spell that in English. But like an L A R P, yeah, it's like a ground meat mint uh, salad. Not to be confused with A A R P. Yeah, which is an organization for older Americans. <laughs> yes, a, a lobbying and, and activist organization. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I ate a LARP that was they. This LARP is like it's just what they eat. Like they take a whole, basically take a whole chicken and just grind it up into little pieces like every part of a chicken you know from the you know head to the marrow you know what i mean and uh they even the coxcomb exactly <laughs> they put it they put it they add some magical spices and some lime and mint and things like this and it becomes this salad right mm-hmm. i ate one that was made out of a wild boar mm. wild boars are hella good yeah but they're uh but they're fatty yeah, they, yeah, the fat is good too. I mean, if you think if you think the fat of a pig is good, you got to try the fat of a boar. So what, would that be similar to a scrapple? Sure, it's more. It's like a scrapple date kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. 
little, um, little date, little date little juice scrapple. in there. Yeah. Um, but uh, the one thing about Bangkok, you get any international cuisine you want, and it's the best you've ever had because it's such uh, an international community, and you have just little enclaves of everyone. And I, uh, one, uh, one particularly fun experience, I was in an Indian restaurant in Bangkok, and I was the only person in there save for one other gentleman. He was an older man, maybe in his 70s. He was wearing a tailored gold shirt with Chinese dragons on it, and he had what looked to be like tailored pants as well, and uh, just very well kept. And uh, so I struck up a conversation with him. I uh, you know, asked him, uh, you know, how's his day? How's his time in Bangkok? In Thai, I presume. In Thai. Uh, Kapun Kap. And he... LARP. LARP. Mm-hmm. Tuk Thailand. <laughs> Pad Thai. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Blood sport. <laughs> so he was telling me how he was an expatriate from Germany and he lived in Italy for years as a travel agent. And then within five minutes of meeting him, he told me about he, how, he'd have, how he'd had a penis pump installed oh. within the past year. And how it has changed his life radically, and he is visiting with many, many ladies now. Mm. It, in, it installed? Yes. Uh, sur- Let's talk about installation. Sur- surgically implanted into his penis like and a, thigh. So is this like, is it internal, or is it like they just insert a bladder and an entry point, sort of like a basketball or a volleyball, and you just stick your pump in there and... I heard, I heard it's a device where there's a button on your leg. You press the button, and you immediately are ready is for that, is, adult fun. <laughs> uh, do you, do you, is that something you get? When you say because... adult fun, you're referring to blood sport? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm Just referring... when two consenting adults wrap their hands in linen, dip them in glue, and then dip them in glass, and then they fight. I did uh, sit ringside for a kickboxing match as wow, well. Wow, really? High kickboxing. And... Wait, wait uh, one more penis pump question. Yes. Uh, I want to hear about the kickboxing, mm-hmm. but I also have a penis question. I don't even want to hear about the kickboxing. I just want to go back to the penis pump. Uh, is this a, just a substitute for a Viagra, or what's his yes, dick mangled? Uh, like I, I a substitute for Viagra. I asked him, uh, oh, what about uh, pills or Viagra? He said, oh, no, this is so much better, dear boy. Now I press the button. I'm ready to go. I used to be like, will I or won't I? Will I or won't I? Talking about whether he'd get an erection or not when he was with a lady. And uh, now he will. Every time out, he's batting. He's batting a thousand. That voice you did made it sound like he owned a magical toy factory. Oh, he was uh, very much a caricature. This was Mr. Megorium, right? It it was. I mean, it was actually the actor Dustin Hoffman who played Mr. Megorium. He does Mr. Megorium most of the time now. Yes, (laughs) he had a tragic accident during that movie, and he's stuck in Mr. Megorium. I think (laughs) that makes his his recent performances in other films all the more remarkable. If you understand that in his day to day life, he lived. Lives as Mr. Megorium. Well, it just mm-hmm. actually turns out that Mr. Megorium is a very good actor. So right. Dustin Hoffman, very good actor. Right. Mr. Megorium, also pretty good. Which is fantastic. It works out great. Mm-hmm. He perfectly captures the essence of Mr. Megorium. You can see Mr. Megorium coming out just along the fringes in that movie with Emma Thompson uh, from uh, last year. Yeah, sure. I don't know what it's called either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like Old Harry. <laughs> I feel... I... Oh, uh, date juice. Yeah, date juice. <laughs> it's called date okay, juice. we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jessica. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris. Mm! 
Whoa! I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. That's good. To, God, I Jordan. Frog in my throat. Get your act together. What's going on over there? Sorry, I, uh, I, I didn't do my vocal warm-ups. Jordan, you got to stop shooting heroin into your neck. <laughs> Sorry, I just don't want anybody to see the track marks. That's how Jordan does his heroin, you know? It's just. Oh, I always wear turtlenecks, too. Hal Rudnick, first time, long time. Nice. Thanks, Hal. It's nice. I like the Montreal Expos shirt. I like, um, uh, I like, uh, you got a three-quarter, is that a high top or a three-quarter? Um, I think it's a high top. Yeah, it looks like a high top from yeah. here. Um, yeah, got it uh, real cheap at a sample sale. Had a friend that worked for Adidas. Bam. Boom, bam, boop, 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 boop. Is Why that not? like a sample only Adidas, do you think? Um, I th- No, I saw it in a store, and it was uh, far more than I paid for it at a sample sale. It was a prohibitive price. I never would have bought it if I encountered it only in the store. Oh, yeah. I can understand that completely. Hey, I have a question. Yes. We've got all these wonderful callers. Don't we, though? We've called into our hotline at 206-984-4-FUN. Uh, John the Intern has listened to all these calls and brought us only the best. Do you want to give him a listen? I do. Okay, let's do it. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. This is Mitch from Kansas City. Um, I thought I'd call in with a moment of shame. Uh, I was at my job today, which I, I've had for under a month, and um, I was paging my manager, and I accidentally cursed over the loudspeaker. Um, so the family that I was helping at the moment with their young children heard me ask my manager to come to the cunt for customer assistance. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's not a moment of shame. That's a moment of glory. Yeah. Because there's complete plausible deniability. There's no way that you that anyone can prove that you did it on purpose. And yeah. I'm going to assume you did it on purpose because if you didn't, you know, what a disappointment. Sure. You've, got, like a, you've got a PA system at your disposal. You might as well swear over it. Was, yeah. it, was it a very ill-tempered woman that he needed to see for customer service? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a, ma- that's <laughs> yeah, a beautiful yeah. moment in a man's life when he says uh, the C word over the, <laughs> <laughs> over the PA at his job. Oh, that's just fantastic. Anybody, I I think people should say horrible things over the PA. Yeah, and used... randomly, for no reason. Yeah, God. Oh. Well, one of the best instances I encountered of, of someone cursing in a work situation, uh, I was at one of those... Uh, meetings where someone pitches a timeshare to you and then you get like a free Macy's gift card or um, a weekend in Vegas for sitting through the timeshare spiel. So um, I sat through it, uh, got my gift card. I was leaving, walked in the parking lot with my girlfriend at the time and someone who I obviously, he's one of the salesmen, did not sell a timeshare that day. Big muscular guy, probably used performance enhancing drugs. (laughs) To enhance Uh, his timeshare performance. Yes, was walking out of the building and immediately as the door shut behind him, he started yelling, fuck, 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 screaming it in the parking lot as he was walking to his car. That's funny and sad. (laughs) Yeah. And you said, yes, please. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Where do I sign up for that? (laughs) Hello, Jordan, Jesse Go. This is Pat in Washington, D.C., calling in with a moment of shame. So, last night, I um, went to a birthday party of a friend of mine, walking uh, a part of town I probably shouldn't have been at that point in time, and uh, considering my, you know, sort of drunkenness. Well, I mean, not terribly. But um, these uh, young ladies on the street corner then uh, asked me if I wanted to party, um, and I responded, um, fuck off, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> a little unfriendly, which, I don't know, out of the ordinary, but I was kind of drunk. Um, so, then proceeds a bit more of an argument, which leads to, um, one of the prostitutes taking off her, uh, high heel and, um, beating me over the head with it. Um, 
this opens up a giant gash in my head, and, uh, you know, I end up covered in blood. Um, you know, they also beat me in other ways, and then, um, <laughs> then stole my wallet and my phone. Um, then I end up sitting on a street corner, um, absolutely covered in blood, um, and then the police come. So, you know, that, that was an interesting thing that happened. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Wow, yeah, these are these are these have both been uh, more sad than funny. Where yeah, where do you begin on that one? Picking a fight with a prostitute, huh? Bad move. They're pretty yeah. low on the totem pole to begin with, whether or not you're drunk. You yeah. know, you try and... you, you know, if if a prostitute asks you, "Would you like to party?" and right. you don't want to party, she's kind enough to invite you to a party. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And she doesn't even know you. Yeah. You, your response should be, "No, thank you, prostitute." Yeah, you exactly. should. How about this? Send a regrets card. Yeah. You know? Maybe the invitation was regrets only. But you're still responsible for sending your regrets, not saying fuck off. Throw a little Starbucks gift card in there. Maybe have her forward you the evite so you can um, just leave a a clever, funny, no thank you response. Yeah, yeah. Just in case, maybe. I think a Starbucks card is a good idea because, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people fall into prostitution because of their addictions. Maybe uh, she's a coffeeaholic. Yeah. You know what I mean? If that's the case, I'm going to be turning tricks in no time. Hello! Next Monday. Hi, Jordan Jesse Doe. This is Zach from North Carolina. Um, I recently went to Charlotte to uh, see some friends, and we went to an Urban Outfitters while I was there. And um, I picked up a couple of V-neck shirts. I'm a fan, as I know you are, Jesse. And it was not until I got home the next day, looked at my shopping bag, and saw that one of the shirts was a deep v-neck. I had inadvertently bought a deep v-neck because I wasn't paying much attention. And uh, I'm just looking for advice on what to do with said shirt or just some emotional support. So, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. I'll talk to you later. Okay, here's some context in which it's appropriate to wear this deep v-neck shirt. Um, You know, in the past on the show, Jordan, I've talked about how the deep v-neck is probably the worst shirt. Yeah. Um, and I still feel that way. Certainly. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> that has not changed. No. Um, you weren't, uh, you weren't pulled from a burning car by a man in a deep V. In a situation where you might be wearing nothing but your underpants and an A-frame undershirt, what some might call a, a wife beater mm. shirt, um, and sitting in front of your television, uh, while you're sitting right next to a block of ice and a fan. <laughs> That's a time when it's appropriate to wear a deep V-neck or as an undershirt. It's fine to wear it as an undershirt. I have no objection Can to that. Can you wear it to bed? If you're alone, yes. I wouldn't want to wear it in that situation. I wouldn't want to wear it to bed if there was a lady there. Uh, can, he, can he return it? Is the tag still on it? Can he take it back? I know, God. Yeah, well, Otherwise... you know, it's at Urban Outfitters. Even if you don't have the tag, just go take it back, get some store credit, and then uh, get a book of stick figures teaching you sexual positions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, I have just on the topic of bad clothing real yeah. quick. Child in Ed Hardy, more or less appropriate? Oh, God. I saw a kid in the Boston airport the other day, just Ed Hardy'd out. Uh... I was just, you know, I saw uh, I saw a whole family wearing Ed Hardy walking down the street the other day. Mm. I saw UGG boots with Ed Hardy shit on the front yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. There's just it's it's like it's like Axe body spray. It's one of those things where you just when you see it, you just go, huh, shit. Well, it, you know, putting the baby in the kid doesn't have a chance. 
Yeah, like, he is being yeah. nurtured is it, into assholeism. Yeah, is it is it less appropriate because you are predisposing your child to being a dick, or is it more appropriate because, well, an adult shouldn't be wearing uh, a t-shirt covered in colorful characters. Here's something. Here's... But a child can. I mean, like, if a child had a t-shirt covered in another kind of colorful character, would be fine with that. If pirates and snakes in another context. Right. But so is it just, can he just wear an Ed Hardy shirt because he likes pirates and snakes? Mm, here's the thing. I, in general, and this is an opinion that I hold strongly that is one of my more controversial opinions. I'm generally against <laughs> no <juice>. the purchase. <laughs> I'm generally against the purchase of new clothing for children. Sure. I feel like children don't care what they're wearing. As long as it's clean, what the fuck does it matter? They're just going to, like, barf or spill juice well, on it anyway. that's a very utilitarian view. What if you just, just want to put the about, kid in a cute tee? Especially below, bo- below the age of five. Mm-hmm. Like, anything under the age of five, any child under the age of five, just either, if you don't have relatives that are giving you hand-me-downs, which you should... Yeah. Uh, just buy whatever the nicest thing is at the secondhand store. I think it, you'll be fine because it's only they wear the clothes for a month. All they do really with them is barf on them. You know what I mean? Like I'm as much as I care about clothes. So in that that part of me wants to say that it's even worse because someone no, went because out and spent fifty dollars on a new Ed Hardy shirt for a child that doesn't care what it's wearing and is just going to barf on it. And in addition to that. Uh, and I'm not saying all children just barf on themselves all the time. Mostly mm-hmm. babies are barfing on mm-hmm. themselves. But certainly all children are getting, you know, soup on themselves or whatever. You how, know. Do you f- how do you feel about expensive designer diapers? Oh, God. I don't know. Is it, what kind of, what is an expensive designer diaper? Oh, maybe a... This is just something you made a, up. A, a leather diaperette. <laughs> <laughs> made out of maybe like a suede chamois material for softness and absorbency because mm-hmm. you don't want to uh, scratch the finish it has got an iphone pocket too a little <laughs> pocket for its iphone maybe with a leopard print yeah i i find i think maybe it's even worse because the baby can't in your you're projecting that the that the child or baby is choosing this uh you know i i don't the, the kid looks like he was in this case the kid looks like he was old enough to say get me that one uh, you know, he's a kid who you would see in a, you know, whatever, in a dinosaur shirt or a, you know, Tony Hawk shirt or something like that. I mean, uh, I agree with uh, Jesse for the most part, except I think it is fun to occasionally have the novelty uh, tea for your kid. And you bring, hey, you know, kind of fun. Like, I don't. Th- know, I think that's cruel. I don't think you should put a joke on your child that your child hasn't thought of themselves. <laughs> Come on, like, I love milk, wear them titties. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jesse, that's cute. It's, that's it's, cute. The, it's, all the, it's all the horror of the comic T-shirt. Uh, added with the fact that the child has been conscripted into wearing it. No, I think it's the only acceptable outlet for the comic T-shirt now. Yeah. <laughs> any uh, any adult that gets their uh, clothing at Spencer's Gifts, ostracized. But a child, oh, come on, look at what the kid's trying to do. Suck on a titty in this case. Yeah. Word. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'm going to say worse. What are your, what's your final call, Jordan? Better or worse for the child than Ed Hardy? Uh, How? What do you What do you say? Uh, worse because the kid doesn't have a chance if it's the Ed Hardy. Okay. Yeah, yeah I I think I will go worse. Yeah, I'm going worse too. Okay. I yeah. was playing devil's advocate. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Love. 
It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hal Rudnick, first time, long time. Oh, God, I love this guy. Don't you love this Hal Rudnick character? Yes. What? What's your problem? No, I do. I was singing it. That's how much I love him. Mm. It's not like you were being annoyed at me because I love him too no, much. No, I was, I was, I was shouting it to the rafters. I just love him a, a lot tune, in a tuneful way. I love it's Hal Rudnick from yeah. Radio Nine One One. I know from a movie that from Thailand, The Lost Medallion. The Lost Medallion. The Adventures of Billy Stone. Oh, oh we got a byline. Yeah, he's like a young Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. Oh, I got you. Will and, he be involved in any kind of blood sports? Um, he he does uh, wield a long stick. Oh, yeah. And, Curiously, and... he's not involved in any blood sports, but he does wrap his hands in linen, dip them in glue, <laughs> and then dip them into glass shards. And then just walks around. Yeah, he doesn't fight anybody. <laughs> That's he actually just because he's got day. a he's he got rides a, his bike. He's got a bad rash. It's the only way he can really take <laughs> care of it. It really gets rid of an itch. Oh. I, I I feel like that. I feel like I want to. Isn't there enough goodwill towards Bloodsport to where we can revive the underground fighting tournament movie genre? I'm just putting that out there. You guys don't have to answer. I'm just saying that to I'll Hollywood. T- I'm going to say this. Enough. How about this right here? What? If there wasn't, uh, then uh, then if there are executives who doubt that uh, we should bring this thing back, then we just show them that JCVD movie. Yeah. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see what Jean-Claude Van Damme can really do, both comically and dramatically. Um. I bought a bootleg of that on the streets of Bangkok. Really? Yes. <laughs> Seems like an oddly art housey choice for oh, them yeah. to have on the streets of Bangkok. Uh, they had that, and then oh, what was the uh, Leo DiCaprio, uh, Kate Winslet movie from? Oh, Revolutionary Road. Uh huh. Um, yeah, just some uh, some viewing on my laptop while I was there. Right. Uh, they had a, a very wide selection, but the funny thing about the packaging, uh, there was that uh, Clint Eastwood movie from last year. Um, Gran Torino. Gran Torino. And there were pictures from uh, different uh, movies on the package for Gran Torino. The, the packaging was very inaccurate. And like one movie from last year, there was a quote from Gene Siskel about it. Oh, Gene Siskel, sadly long past member of Siskel and Ebert. My, who, would uh, you, who do you think, Jordan, oh, sure. would be the winner in the underground fighting tournament? What form? Because we have mixed martial arts now. You think karate? Do you think Wushu? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think... Krav Maga? Krav Maga? I think it's whoever has the most heart and who's ever doing it for the purest reasons. You do need the heart of a champion. Yeah, yeah. If you're doing it for, like, revenge I think you for need... your buddy, then you're totally going to win. I think you need more than that. You know what I think you need? Hmm. Two things. Number one, karate skills. <laughs> Number two, wait a minute, I fucked it up. Number one, gymnastic skills. Okay. Number two, karate, karate kills. kills. Sure. <laughs> You're going to need Jim Cotta, right? You are going to need... Yeah, I mean, if you have Jim Cotta, then you, you probably already can, are going to win. But. You, you talk about underground fighting, but with ultimate fighting and strike force and uh, the like, the underground fighting has gone Wait, above what's ground. strike force? It's a lesser ultimate fighting league. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, it's it's kinda kinda like a triple like A. The USFL or the XFL. Right, Two okay. ultimate fightings. Is this ultimate related fightings. to that thing? We've talked about... Like, We've talked about the girl at my elementary school who did the monologue from Double Dragon, the movie, in drama class. We have. Is wow. this related to that thing that she watched that was sort of like a cross between Power Rangers, uh, professional wrestling, and a soap opera? Uh, no, no, no. I, I think this is just Where another... Where they shoot magic bolts at each other. I think this is just another 
MMA. I think it's just another. Yeah. Not a live action Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, we've got telephone calls to take, you guys. Uh, every week on this show, we ask people to call in when something momentous happens to them. I don't need to explain this to you, Hal. You're a regular listener to the program. We call this segment Momentous Occasions. The number to call, by the way, if you ever have a momentous occasion, 206-984-4FUN. Uh, let's hear what, what, what uh, John the Intern uh, dredged out of our uh, uh, inbox this week. Hi, George and Jessica. Oh, this is Sarah from Chicago, Illinois. I am calling because of an extreme momentous occasion. I just witnessed my very first uh, public sex expedition. I was on the L, the red line specifically, expedition. and saw a, a woman, a, a rather large woman, uh, thrusting upon a seat. And after departing, I discovered that they were, in fact, having sex, and there was a man underneath her. So that was a pretty momentous occasion for me. I just thought you would like to know about it. And I love your show. Thanks. Bye. That is pretty momentous. Wow, she yeah. was giggling like a schoolgirl. I think that, that sounded like that made her maybe a little randy. Yeah. Can't I hope so. Yeah. Look I mean, out. Who, who wouldn't become randy? I hope so for Hal's sake. Sure. I'm a married man. Right. <laughs> Ooh, maybe I'll run into her out there, because you never know. She... In contrast to Hal's always catting about. Sure. Is what I'm saying. Hal's a well-known cat about. <laughs> sure. A man about town. Cat about isn't an expression. <laughs> hey, Jordan, Jesse Go. This is Zach from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I've got a momentous occasion. I just had my first phone call where I got to yell at someone at work for not doing their job right. I even got to sputter, but that's unacceptable. It's really empowering. And then I bought a Zune. Great day. Great day. <laughs> Any day you buy a Zune's a great day in my book. Yeah, right? Come on. Good job, <laughs> dude. Nothing like the Zune. Did you try that Zune pass I sent you, Jordan? No, I haven't tried the Zune pass yet. Oh, well, we'll see how that uh, Zune pass works out. I thought you uh, retired from the Zune. I did retire. Yeah, I sold yeah. my Zune on eBay. Right. I've got this information phone over here. Um, it's a nice piece of equipment. Um, uh, I'm happy with it, but I do miss my Zune. Right. I still have do love for miss the my Zune. Miss that Zune. I got. I have love for the Zune, like certain rappers still have love for the streets. Mm. You know, Mr. Dre. Maybe you've heard of him. Get a Zune for life tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> In old English. Yes. Across the, across the back. Hey, Jordan, Jesse. Uh, I guess this is a momentous occasion. I just, uh... Number one, if you're going to call in a momentous occasion, can we get a little more commitment than that? Yeah. I guess. Also, wait till you're not winded. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Maybe your momentous occasion is running away from something. Maybe it's just having been punched in the stomach. But, uh... If it's not either of those. If the yeah, solar if you're plexus... Not, if you're not mid-moment, then, uh... Yeah, Come let's on. let's give him a shot before we. No, prejudge. no, you're right, you're right. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I just went uh, hot tubbing on a late night. You know what I mean? For the first time, two girls. No funny stuff, but I thought that was the first time. Pretty momentous. Hot tubs are fun. Uh, this guy was definitely John. Definitely included this guy because of his charisma. Sure. <laughs> And uh, you, say, you know, hot tubbing on a late night. Hot tubbing on the late night. Yada, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Your answer is yada to do. 
Yada da do. Uh, I don't know, dude. I mean, great job and everything. Sounds like a blast and a half. But uh, you got two ladies in a hot tub on the late night, and you can't make any funny stuff happen? Sir, you, uh, you need to go back to funny stuff school. Call us back when you have a double finger bang. You know... <laughs> We, we Go see the movie Funny People. There's been a lot of talk uh, on the internet, in the forum, uh, in the chat, about what greeting people should use to test the waters and find out if the other per- if the person they're talking to is a fan of uh, you look ni- of Jordan Jesse Go, uh, The Sound of Young America. This has been a key issue because people don't want to nerd out over it if the other person isn't actually on board, even if there's some sign. Um, there's been a lot of suggestions... I think this is the way that we should go. I don't know if you guys know about this, but before the era of gay liberation, homosexuals were forced to uh, keep their uh, uh, gender preferences, their romantic and sexual gender preferences, secret. Mm. This was called being a closet. And when two closets got together, they would have to talk to each other and figure out if the other guy was also a closet... Or if he was a heterosexual, uh, which they called an armoire. And the way they would do this was by asking each other, are you a friend of Dorothy? This was a code for, are you a closet? Which in turn was code for, are you a gay gentleman like myself? Sure. Um, So, here's what I'm suggesting. You ask the person, are you a friend of chips are you a friend of chip what do you think of this and the other person says are you a friend of dips how about that how about do you like this certain podcast that i like jordan what we're trying to build up a mythos all right no 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 we need a mythos you're right i think uh much like it was to be an out gay gentleman back in the day Having it be known an that... An out gay gentleman? Yes, as opposed to a closet. Oh, you're referring to a chest of drawers. Oh, a chest of, <laughs> a chest of drawers. Go ahead. Um, if, if it's out there that you're listening to Jordan Jesse go, the stigma and the possible retribution, it's just yeah. too dangerous to bring up in the streets. Right. That's what I'm... That's, you're going to be a target immediately. Sure. I mean, even to bring up in code. Even for code? Even for code. So you're saying that no one should talk about it ever in any way. Yes. Okay. You know, in World War II, they used uh, a Native American language. I believe it was... uh, Wind talking. Wind talking. There you go. Uh, It was the basis for the movie Next. The Navajo language. (laughs) And the MTV show Next. It was the Navajo... The Navajo language was used as a secret code. Mm. Um, Maybe we could use... This is a great idea. If you want to talk to somebody... Uh, about Jordan Jesse Go, but you're not sure if they're a Jordan Jesse Go fan. You're a little bit nervous. You don't want to look like a fool by bringing it up in front of them, and they don't know what it is. Talk to them about it a little bit in Navajo, mm. and if they talk back to you in Navajo, then they're a fan of the show. If they don't, if they don't understand what you're saying in Navajo, well, don't worry, you've saved face. What about if you just uh, start reciting lines from the movie Ghost Rider? Just randomly. I, th- I think it might be safer to have a, a nonverbal silent signal, such as just showing the top of your pubes. Just, <laughs> just, pull, just, pulling yeah. a few out. 
Just plucking them? Oh, plucking, well, plucking, I wasn't thinking of the painful pluck. I was just thinking of lowering your pants slightly. <laughs> or or your skirt if you're a lady, Jordan Jesse Go listener. How would they how would they know that you're not a gangsta who forgot to who was all out of clean underwear? Be, be, um, because you are making or a show. Or Marky of Mark. Them. True. If it That's is true. well, it, if it is confusing. Mark Wahlberg or a gangsta, go either way with that. Okay. So if it's Marky Mark, mm-hmm. you should speak Navajo. Right. Yes. And if it's a gangsta, uh, ask him if he's a friend of Dorothy. There you go. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hal Rudnick, first time, long time. I love it. It just feels right. Doesn't it, though? You know? Just like a fresh condom right out of the wrapper. Yeah, it just feels right. Sliding it on. Um, I feel like we had a good, solid show, Jordan. Yes. Um, what's going on in our world? Well, we're, we're headed in September to uh, New York and Philadelphia. We talked about that. We've got uh, some cool stuff going on with regard to a little contest called the High Five Contest. Mm-hmm. Jordan is going to be curating the High Five Contest during the month of August. He's going to be keeping an eye on your entries. Let's at... just go ahead and call August Jordan Month. Okay. J- August is Jordan Month here in MaximumFun.org land. You. Are, you, are you still going to blog on the blog? Yeah, I'm going to try and do a little blogging. Jordan's uh, going to try blogging out. I may fail. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so, you know. While Jesse's gone, direct all your questions to me. I can't uh, can't promise anything. No, but I think you'll do a nice job. Thanks. What hey. constitutes a failed blog? Uh, just a bunch My of blog. Goggledy, gobbledygook on the internet. I want to send best wishes to Oliver. Uh, he's a regular on our forum, Oliver. You know Oliver from the forum? Very, posts a lot on the forum. He recently got the shit kicked out of him. Oh, my. By a stranger on the street. I'm sorry to hear that. I had to go into, like, face surgery. Ugh. He really got the shit kicked out of him. Um, that is just the most horrible, terrifying thing that just could ever, ever happen to you. And we're uh, we're all thinking of you here yeah, at yeah, Max absolutely. Fun World HQ, Oliver. Um, and, of course, Hal, who I, I'm uh, is... You know, he's at a low point in his career. Yeah. Um, and he's just, at this point, he's... He has to go to Thailand he, to make a movie? He can't just walk out the door and make a movie. He's gone from Thailand... Like Mr. Seth Rogen. He's gone from he's gone from doing movies in exotic foreign locales to doing podcasts in Koreatown. Yeah. Um, Hal, it was Taking a... a real slide. It was a pleasure and a joy to have you on the show today. Oh, it was a great thrill. And I actually listened to Jordan Jesse go while in Thailand when I was living in the middle of nowhere for three weeks, and it was... A little taste of home. Oh, come Aww. on. That's what you like to hear, isn't it? You live at my house? <laughs> <laughs> um, I spend uh, afternoons with Coco when you're not around. Gotcha. He's so summer's here. How? let's just say that someone wants to spend some time with you. Uh, they've, just, they've just heard about your work. Uh, m- maybe they, they haven't seen you yet on the Reno 911s or, or in this popular Spy Kids movie. Yeah, I'd say a good place to go is uh, funnierdie.com backslash Hal Rudnick. Or, there you go. Yeah, why not? Or uh, go to ucbcomedy.com and search Hal Rudnick. Yeah. Hal Rudnick. And Rudnick if, is spelled the traditional way, just like playwright Paul Rudnick. Exactly. Or the store Rudnick's in um, Studio City, R-U-D-N-I-C-K. Uh, if you are in the L.A. area, Hal and I have a, a monthly sketch comedy show that you mm-hmm. could come to if you wanted to. It's called Marvin Barry. It's called Marvin, Marvin Barry. Barry. 
Um, at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Yes. A fine b- basket of shows they've been. So, yeah. Yes, 206-9844-FUN if you have calls for the show. JJGo at MaximumFun.org. If you want to email us... And um, our theme music is Love You by The Free Design from uh, their great CD, Kites Are Fun, the best of the free design that you should uh, spend a little money on, probably. And, um, yeah, we'll see you. Uh, gosh, I won't see you for a month, but uh, Jordan will see you. Well, you got any special guests planned, Jordan? Uh, yes. Okay, I do. Great. Oh, do I? Awesome. Oh, Sounds special. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you doing next week? <laughs> okay, well, we'll uh we'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. <laughs>